All right, so welcome everyone. This is Joyce Adidison, and I am so excited that you're here. It's cold in Manitoba, and I'm wrapping my hair and staying warm because it's already cold and time to protect my whole being from the cold and, and start going to warm places. <laughs> How are you doing? Tell me in the chat. Uh, did you wake up surprised this morning? Are you in Manitoba, by the way, or, or not? And um, welcome here. So we're going to start this morning with some questions. We're going to start uh, thinking about why we are here and what we're looking to get out of today. So I want to invite all of you to who are joining me to uh, just get ready. We're going to jump into some somatic breathing and we're going to get ourselves ready for for this webinar so let me share my screen so you'll be able to see what I'm talking about and the reason why we're doing this is because every month we provide a wellness webinar for our clients this is an opportunity for us to share with you and to help our clients to uh, implement wellness in their workplace. So this is the opportunity for you to participate in the wellness competencies that we teach. So if you have your own workplace wellness program uh, in-house, or you're looking to supplement it, or you're looking to start your own workplace wellness program, this is a great place to start. It's a great opportunity and it gives you the tools and resources to get started. So why are we doing visioning? I'm going to give you a little bit of overview and why we're doing visioning this morning because this is our model. This is where we start with. This is our framework for executing the nine dimensions of wellness. And most of you are familiar with my work and you're familiar with the dimensions that we use for uh, getting into wellness, assessing our wellness, seeing how well we're doing. From here, we went into the wellness competencies. And so the wellness competencies allow us to be able to do more with our clients and help to actually activate and to train on the dimensions of wellness. So this is where we get into the nitty gritty of what does it look like, Joyce? What would it look like? Where is it? How do I implement it into my workplace? And what, what can my employees and my team expect to get? This is your vision of what it looks like. So each month uh, we do a, a webinar and sometimes it's free. This month it's free because we've had a lot of you who saw my keynote at the Global Workplace Wellness Summit and wanted to learn a little bit more. So here is the opportunity to see how it's executed. In addition to that, um, we do, sometimes it's, it's open to the public free and sometimes it's not. Um, I may be opening one or two to the public uh, every month. At least we do one training on this competency teaching. So as you can see here, we go through the year. January, we do integrity. February, we do responsible communication. 
March, we do self-mastery. April, we do engagement. May, we do intellectual wellness and uh, capacity building. June, we do environmental wellness and interdependence. July, we do financial wellness and innovation. August, we do vibrancy and physical wellness. So we had lots of fun in August. And then in September, we did resilience and interpersonal wellness. We did the summit. We had, um, we had our keynote uh, speaker flying from uh, Toronto. We spent quite a bit of time with Julie Daniluk looking at nutrition. That's part of um, what we do, uh, the whole area of physical wellness. So part of what we do with the summit is we give you each dimension. So our speakers are speaking on each dimensions of wellness. If you didn't notice that, that was what we do when we run our summit. And in this, uh, and then we had a speaker on resilience. Um, it was, Holby was uh, spoken resilience as well as we had another speaker on resilience. We had Leslie, uh, Dr. Leslie Trudeau from University of Winnipeg. So we actually gave you the opportunity to learn more. And then we go into, um, into October and we start planning for the next year. We go into a visioning and this is where we're going to spend the bulk of our time today. We're going to look at the vision. What is the vision for wellness? Now think about this. So often we know that the things we measure, the things we count, the things we, we spend time on are the things that actually grow and succeed and develop. Well, I'm wondering if because we don't spend time visioning our wellness, maybe this is why so many of us are unwell and we have so much illness in our community, our families, everywhere you turn, there's somebody who's ailing. You go to church, you're praying for somebody who's ailing. And you ask, why do we have so many illnesses? Do we have a vision for wellness? Do we ever sit down and say, I'm going to envision my wellness. And in order to envision my wellness, what, am, what does that look like? Who is going to be in my life? What are they going to add? What are the boundaries I'm going to put around my life for well-being? What about work? What am I going to tolerate at work in order to sustain wellness? What do I need to speak up about? Who do I need to network and socialize with that will help me find the resources and access what I need to stay well? You see, so often wellness, just something we either have it or we don't. And we forget that we have a responsibility and the ability to plan for wellness. So most of us wait until something isn't going well in our body or in our life or in our relationship before we uh, try to do something about it. And we're always treading water. We're always trying to be well because we don't have a plan. We don't have a plan of execution. We don't have a plan of, uh, of action. We don't have the support structures to help us. Planning is important. And so this month, all we're doing here at IWS is we're planning out our year. We're planning with our clients. We're helping them envision wellness in their workplace, what, what to take out, what happened. 
And in order for us to plan and envision that the next 14 months, because there, you're saying, Joyce, there are still two more months in the year. And I said, yes, there are two more months in the year for us to fix the things that are broken, that are not working well, to celebrate the things that went well, and then an opportunity for us to stop and say, okay, we are ready for, we are getting ready for the next year. You don't want to wait until 2023 is here and then you're like, oh, um, it's here, it's January and um, uh, this is my resolution. Why is that your resolution? Why is your resolution this and not that? How much thought have you given into it? And so this is why we start in October to envision. But we envision first by Thanksgiving. And this in Canada, October is our Thanksgiving month. So we start by being grateful for what we have, really being thankful for what we have. And then from there, we go into creating a vision of what it's going to be. And these are usually very short sessions. When I teach on one of the piece, for instance, when I do the vision in webinar, we go into what is a vision? How is it strategic? What are we doing? But this is a piece, um, as I said, this is our free webinar that we do. So it's a little snippet. Uh, it's usually no more than 30 minutes. So you can get a, an opportunity to see what that looks like and what's behind. So quick overview of what it looks like, what comes behind it, and how you can implement it. Behind each of these dimensions, so next month we'll be going into compassion. And in compassion, we're going to talk about building understanding. And part of that understanding is going back and looking, um, repairing. How do we uh, feed forward? How do we repair? How do we move ahead? And then December is that time of hospitality, celebration. Uh, it's such a stressful time for so many people. And we use November to plan ourselves, build up our resilience, right? Maintain that resilience we built in September and get ourselves ready for that busy season because it's also one of the colder months of the year as well. So our bodies are still acclimatizing to the weather. We are traveling. We have family coming in. We're doing things with loved ones. We're, most of us are overstretched in that time. We're trying to do all the good we need to do uh, in that year. So in that month. So we take that time and we go through the whole year looking at what's appropriate, what's going to be in alignment with our clients and how that helps them in their own work, workplace wellness and in their lives. Because you can't be well at work and not well at home. It has to be, you, 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 it just doesn't work. You have to practice the wellness in your own life, in your home, with your family, because what you learn at home, at work, you take home. Who you are at home is the same person you are at work. And the reality of this is very, very true when I see clients who show up uh, in my practice because they're struggling with a conflict or they're struggling with something and they're wondering, oh, Joyce, this is also causing problems at home. So we see that over and over again. So let's talk a little bit about what is uh, a wellness vision. So a wellness vision really is an opportunity uh, and it gives you that plan, right? It's a plan for work. It's a plan on what am I going to do? What does it look like? It's a personal plan for wellness at work and it's a, also a plan for your workplace. 
So your wellness plan at work could be, well, um, what am I going to eat for lunches? That could be one thing you could vision. Just vision yourself over the next year, the next, let's just say the month of October. That's why we usually do this on the first uh, week of the month, because we want to give you nibbles that you can take into the entire month. So the first Thursday of every month, we do the wellness competency teaching and we give you nibbles that you can follow through and work on and apply during the month. And that's where we're here. So what is it you need to do differently? What is it you need to envision? And it could be some of the things that Julie talked about in our session, in her keynote at the summit last week, she talked about sugar, getting rid of sugar. Do you have a vision of getting rid of sugar or at least reducing your sugar intake? If that was something you were going to do, what would that look like? Let's vision. Would that require you to do some things differently? Would that require you to get support from certain people? Would that require you to plan differently and prepare differently, right? You see why it's so important to have a vision? Instead of just going on these fads and these, uh, oh, I'm just going to do this, just take your time and plan. What am I going to do? What does it look like? How will I do it? Who will support me? Those are some of the questions we will look at once we have a vision. But you have to see yourself. I want you to join me in some breathing exercises. So we're going to go into um, some breath work. So breathe through your vision. If your vision is to eliminate sugar, that's one thing I'm going to put. But I'm going to ask those of you um, on here, um, if you feel brave enough, share with me one vision you have for your wellness. <laughs> share in the chat, what is one vision you have for your wellness? Um, those of you who are brave enough to share, absolutely just go ahead and share. If you're not, that's okay. We can work with the sugar-free. So for me, I had, vis I had a vision for being sugar-free because my dad was diabetic. My mom was diabetic. And my sister has been diabetic for 20 something years. And so I see as, as I hit into my 50s that my body is looking to, it's very willing to hold on to uh, more weight um, and anything else that I wanted to have, right? Um, your immunity changes, your body changes as you move into your midlife. And you have to choose, you have to make drastic choices. So I had a vision of becoming sugar-free. And so that is something that I had planned out. So certain things we did was in that vision, I saw myself as sugar-free. And because I don't live alone in that vision, I also saw the impact it was having on my husband and my son and the people who visit us, right? My house is the house for... Thanksgiving, Christmas holidays, vacation, um, uh, celebration, wedding celebration, family occasions is all at my house. So I had to think, what does that look like for when relatives come over, family members come over to visit with us and to eat with us? Well, how, how will I, um, what is my influence on being sugar-free and what's the impact of me going sugar-free on them? And so one of the things that I did in that vision was 
um, really just breathe. And one of the things that I've been doing in my own life for my wellness, uh, because I wear so many hats and I have so many things happening, is I started looking at different types of breathing and recognizing that sometimes uh, the things we encounter in our life affects us at a tissue level, meaning that when we are tense, we hold that tension in our body, in our, in our tissues, we get very tense. And I started to notice that I was holding tension in my legs, in my back, in different parts of my body. And I wanted to change that. So I started looking at active release strategies and somatic breathing. And I sort of blended the two. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to share. So I'm always learning. I'm always looking at ways to stay healthier and to stay well, because I, when I come to work with my clients, I want to bring the latest research, latest knowledge and latest science in. So part of what I do is what I call sort of like uh, somatic active breathing. So active release breathing. And so I come into myself and I say, giving up sugar. Ooh, right. We all have that sweet tooth. We all have that sense of um sweet things. So how do I give that up? What? And there is a little bit of tension that happens because you have to, sugar is built into our life. It's like everything we do have sugar. And so one of the things I started doing over the past year and a half that I've been on this journey is doing this breathing. And I go into um, panting and I was like, <sighs> okay, so I do that for 10 times. And I want you to think wherever you are, just think of something that's, that's like, oh, I'm nervous, I'm anxious about that. And let your body, what we do with active release, we're releasing the tension. And we can do that with our breaths. I want to invite you to do that. Just go in and you can you can actually do it two ways. You can puff out or you can do it through your nose. And I actually prefer the one with my nose. And so I do. You breathe in. And it's longer on the out, but you're not holding in, you're just, because you recognize that this is something that your body might be tensing up about, something that you may do. And so we do 10 of that and we're going to go. And then your chest rise with that breathing. Seven nine and we let it out and you feel like you're all worked up right you're like it's like you went for a run and you got yourself all worked up and uh so now we want to release that so we uh, we recognize the tension in our tissues we recognize that and now we're going to release that and now we go into the long breath in right we go we're going to do 10 of these all the way in That long breath out. Not another long one in, in. 
You can put your hands up over your head if you want to. Stretch up with it. And bring it all the way out. So if you're worried that you might breathe out too fast, the up, all the way up and taking your hands down slowly is a way to elongate that breath and keep it going. And so we do 10 of these. So let's do, let's do the others. Let's go. So you really want to um, go ahead and do this breath and let it be in all the way in. Just go ahead and do your 10. Don't wait on me because I'm teaching as well. And as you do your 10 breath, what you're doing now, you're sending calmness and serenity into your body, into your tissues, your mind, your breath, your cell. You're just resting and you're releasing all of the adrenaline and cortisol into your system. And you're releasing that when you breathe out that long breath. And you're shutting off the production of cortisol and adrenaline into your system because those just damage our organs when they're sitting around in our body without having that active release. So we do that active release and then we really shut off any production of um, cortisol or adrenaline in our system so our body can function without that extra um stress on it that will go and damage our organs if we're not jogging or running or doing something right if we're just sitting at our desk or just on the phone or just uh doing a light choice it's not enough we're not using that up enough right as it goes into a bloodstream so very important to practice the somatic release breathing and give yourself that Active release as well as that somatic, just resting uh, those those organs and those uh, those glands, those, those uh, hormones can rest, and we don't have to secrete so much of that adrenaline and cortisol in our system and and get ourselves sick. Those things, the things that were designed to make us healthy, can be part of our Ill, of our ailment if we're not if we're overdoing it. So anything we do too much can be a problem. So as you go into that state of rest, I want you to start visioning what it looks like to be in a place of or have a lifestyle where you eat no sugar, where you have no sugar. And some people say, Joyce, what does that look like? And it actually looks like you cutting out a lot of the white flour and the refined and white sugar and refined sugar, and even brown sugar is refined, right? And that's a vision that I have for myself. So we've had a little bowl of brown sugar in our 
in our um, in our pantry and it's been there for the whole year because even my husband is a sugar king um, is now um, looking for ways to cut back on his sugar and just sitting in the keynote with with Julie last week I can see it definitely had an impact on him my son is very uh, intuitive into those things as well so very blessed that way interestingly there are so many things it doesn't mean that we never have anything sweet you can still have a few raisins right as long as it's not the sweet ones you could have the, um, the prunes those are as long as there are not any added sugar in those dates I use a lot of dates and prunes when I'm making my biscuits um, like my cookies if I'm making cookies I use prunes or dates as part of the sweetener and raisins um, in there. And it's enough sugar for me because I don't eat sugar on a regular basis. So, and then for drinks, I usually, um, I use protein. If I'm using a protein sugar um, uh, drink, then I use stevia powder, that just the um, crushed leaves. I don't use the uh, refined stevia. And then I'm just starting to use that other sugar, uh, the monk fruit, it's because I don't like the one that has the erythrol in it. So I use the monk, just the plain monk fruit one. So uh, there are ways we can still have sweet things and not have to go out there and do. So what is your vision? What does it look like? What do you need to stop um, bringing into your house? So I've replaced all white flour. My family still uses uh, whole wheat flour and rye flour. But for me, I've always been gluten-free. So I, I do more coconut flour, more almond flour. And, um, and so what I've done, even for those, because they do have a carb content, I mix them with, um, I mix those with uh, flax, ground flaxseed, uh, ground nuts, um, gluten-free oatmeal. So just find more ways to add more fiber bulk. Uh, coconut flour is very fibrous. So I add more bulk and then I use um, I use the I use the cassava flour as um, I use cassava flour for Google to add to add that stickiness to hold it to the bind. So those and cassava flour is also very low in um, in it has a very low uh, sugar content. So I use it as well. So these are some of the things that we can do. Uh, if So this is just how I did my vision. So I'm sharing with you. So what is your vision? What is it you're going to cut out? What is it you're going to do differently? And that's how you start creating your vision. In your workplace, your vision could be, let's, let's roll out um, a plan. Let's roll out a wellness plan for organization. And and part of that now is we develop a curriculum for your organization based on each dimension for the month. And we send out and we make this very current. So we look at what's happening in the organization at this particular time, period and time. And we send a full curriculum for that month that you can roll out. So each week you can release a video teaching or you can release a short course or you can just do one monthly webinar if you choose to, or you could do a workshop, or we could do a leadership coaching program. So we help you to sort of map out your workplace wellness program. So your employees always 
uh, know what's happening this month, which area of our life we're, uh, we're promoting wellness on, what you focus on, that's what grows. So if we can focus our wellness um, to be well or optimize our well in a particular area each month, we're far more successful. So these are some of the things uh, we ask. And in the visioning, we also go back and we ask, how will you, how will it be executed? What, what are some of the things you're going to do? Are you going to now start a walking plan? You're going to take up curling. You're going to start running. A vision is very important. And so you have to ask yourself, what is your wellness vision? What are you seeing for yourself? Is it, is it to manage chronic diseases? Is it to improve your working relationship? Is it to broaden your network? All of these things are vitally important for our well-being. The people we spend time with can help our mental health. So who will support you? Those are the things you have to ask. Who will support you? Do you have a partner at home who will support you, who is eager to eat all the new vegetables you're going to try out and test the new recipes you're making and give you feedback that's not demeaning or encourage you to try new foods or those are those are some of the things that you can look at in your vision maybe you don't have that partner at home but you have a friend you have a a, a family member who share your passion who would want to be part of that and and join with you those are some things we do and and we have to ask does it fit with your life does it fit with your own lifestyle and does it help you to be um to feel like it's authentic. Because if we're doing something that's not authentic, we can't continue. We tend to fall all of the wagon and we can't be consistent. So why planning? Planning is inspiring. It's challenging. It's motivating. It creates a purpose and it allows for something unique. And that's why we want to take this month to say, let's take a look back at what you've done this past year. What were some things that were powerful? What were some things that were dynamic? What were some things that uh, you just, you're just so happy and excited that you had an opportunity to do? And then those are the things that you're going to look at. Well, this was really good. That worked really well. And so I wanted to just share this slide for, on planning for you, why we plan because this is something that I want you to probably just take a note of for yourself, right? Planning is inspiring, it's challenging, it's motivating, it creates a purpose and it allows you to create something unique for your organization or for yourself, for your own health and well-being. Having that person with you, knowing who that person is, who's that person you're going to call on to support you and having that plan in place, or maybe even just saying to that person, can I call on you when I need to? And um, how will this be executed? What is it going to look like? What would be required of you? And does it fit your lifestyle? Does it fit your life? Does it fit your work? All right. Can you take lunch to work? What does that look like? What do you need to? Do you need a different container now that you've changed what you eat? All of those things are important. And in your workplace, how do you encourage employee wellness? How do you help them to see this structure and implement it and see themselves fitting into it? And we go into the nine dimensions of wellness and we pull out all of those pieces when we go into the full workshop and we start to uh, break down and strategize and put the planning in place. 
But today, I promise not to keep you long. It's already 10.37. So I want to ask any questions, anything that came up for you that you want to ask, this is your time to ask because we're going to wrap up. I usually keep these 15 minutes, um, 30 minutes. So wrap up any questions before we wrap up. Anything that stood out for you? Anything you want to know more of? Questions? It's very quiet. No, nothing. All right. Well, thank you all for joining in and tuning in. And if you have any questions or um, want to engage with me after this, I feel free to do so. Have a wonderful rest of your week. I can't believe it's Thursday already. Uh, it's going to be Friday tomorrow. And it's like, oh, where did the week go? We're already first week of October is done. Thank you for being here. And thank you for your attention. And I will see you in another webinar. Take care and be well. Bye now.